0: By Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.
1: Well, everybody, I wish I would norm. I wish I could say Happy Saturday. Normally, I would say Happy Saturday, and it was a Happy Saturday until about ten minutes ago when the Leafs fell in Boston to the Boston! four to three. Matt Grizzlick getting the the dagger with with forty seven seconds to go. I really that thought team. we were going to make it to overtime.
0: Like, that team, that Boston Bruins team, I say it every stream, there is some, they have made some deal with the devil. They are so good. They, they They're have so just good done something.
1: Year. They're and, so hot right now.
0: Like, I can't even hate the team anymore. Like, I'm just like, I just, it, I just respect you. It's like Anchorman when he, when he, he just, he, Vince Vaughn goes to Will I was like, I hate you, but damn it, I respect you. And yeah. It's just like. They're just so good, They're man. so they're good. Just,
1: they played just so Just line well after
0: line. Yeah. All four lines. They were buzzing. I mean, Relief's- they
1: showed us why they're first in the league, right? They got the number one PK, number three power play.
0: First in the know. league. They're... They are first in a, like they are in another league. They are they are the they they are in their own version of the NHL at this point.
1: There's a reason why they're number one in the division. There's a number one why they're number one in the conference and the league. And we're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about it, and not only we're going to talk about that. We have a very special guest for you guys tonight. In the yes, chat. we do. We have got what? Well, sorry, <laughs> I have too many notes. We have national best-selling author Wabegijeg Rice. Waiting to come on to talk about the game, to talk about h- indigenous sport and hockey and indigenous people in hockey and we are happy to have him. We are happy to have you Leaf fans and before we get going on that, we're going to say thank you to our sponsor. Thank you, Noah It's going to go make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com stpn That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. Our friends in the chat, please put your your cyber hands together for our very special guest, Wabi Rice. Welcome, 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 Woo! my friend.
0: Welcome on. We're sorry we brought you on for a heart crushing loss. <laughs> That's the breaks, right? Perfect timing. You know, I, I am happy <laughs> to
2: be here regardless.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Well. It- you know, I thought though it's it's one of those games where you know, obviously as Leafs fans, Leafs homers that we're we're going to feel the pain of that that loss, but man was that a good hockey game. That was just that was just a great game between two amazingly good teams. Let's be honest. The Leafs are a very good team despite yeah. what the haters may say.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just uh, so fun to watch it go back and forth. And I took a little comfort in knowing that it's just like halfway through the season and not actually the playoffs yet. Because (laughs) cardiovascularly, I don't think I could handle that quite yet. I'm going to mentally prepare myself for that, too, you know. But uh, yeah, good game. Nonetheless, you know, it it was a lot of fun in the end.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and it again, it it is too bad that we the, the curse of having a guest continues where statistically speaking, when we have a an an exciting guest on, the Leafs end up losing. It gives us lots to talk about though, right? Because everybody knows that Leaf fans we we somehow love pain. So yeah. we're glad to have you on tonight. Again, we're sorry for that we couldn't uh bring you a Leafs win. Normally we have a little bit more energy tonight, but let's talk about the game. Who do you think was yeah. the best, who do you think was the best player tonight? What do you who do you think was the best player tonight, Wob? Oh
2: geez, you know, um always like Marner. Uh, you know, he, he was shaky here and there on some of those entries, but he's the guy who's always all over the ice. That that actually the second least goal by Engval was pretty sweet. That wrister from from a little ways out, right? They're- and he he put on some pressure later on too, and he was going for for some more of those more aggressive I think uh, entries too.
0: So yeah, Engvall was pretty great tonight too. Yeah, Engvall uh, uh, like apparently just channeled the spirit, the soul of Austin Matthews with this. The, the, <laughs> the, he wheeled back and sniped. It. I I looked for a second. I I had to like go like that. Wait a second, was that Pierre Engvall who just did this stretchy stick and just wailed it on the net? That was that was a great one. He's had a couple goals this season where I've gone, like, Angval, where'd that come from? Like, sometimes he, he's one of those players that, like, can be invisible for, like, 10 games, but will all of a sudden score an absolute beauty. Yeah.
1: It was definitely yeah. a one of those I'll do it, fine, I'll do it myself moments, right? Like, <laughs> he brings it, he gets control of it in his own zone, <laughs> brings it up through the middle, and then, what, 15 feet into the zone, it's just like, I'm just going to bomb it and see what happens. And and lucky enough to get a goal. That was, that was, you know, it put them up 2-1, right? Beginning of the second, gets them all full yeah. of juice. And, uh, unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize on that because right after that, Pasternak comes in. To even it, oh my
0: god, the perfection line they call them the perfection line for a reason. I mean, yeah. yeah, you saw that first goal by the Bruins where the um, where it was um, Bergeron to Marchand. Yes. And I'm like, and I looked at it, and I'm like, yep. these guys know each other more than their families know them, <laughs> 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 they share a brain at this point. Like, yeah, I was yeah. just like, wow, like yeah, this- that, that, that
2: giveaway by Timmons on that goal, too, was was rough, but I mean, you got to be a young guy and make those mistakes once in a while, right?
1: It was his worst game I think so far, right? Like he came in after having the last couple games off. Everybody was crying for him to be put up with Morgan Riley. And you know, at the end of the second Morgan Riley was a minus 3 and they ended up splitting that defensive pairing up because it didn't end up going as well as we had all hoped yeah, it was that it minus would. Three. All hoped it would. Um and and it was again like you said it was hard to see and when you are a young defenseman you are going to make mistakes like that, right? It's just an inevitable thing, but Boy, don't I wish it was against someone other than Boston? They you know, <laughs> they get two more points away away from us, and the reality that is sort of looming over, I think, the rest of the season is the inevitability of Tampa Bay Lightning in the first yeah. round again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not going to be an easy path. Here, guys, like I, no matter what happens, it doesn't like the Leafs are not gonna have an easy road to win the cup if they want to win the cup, like you're a novelist so like if you were writing this novel you would write it to have the strongest possible foes for this hero of the Leafs team to go through the the strongest possible opponents but that's what it's going to have to be it's going to have to be a story book win if yeah exactly
2: yeah it's going to be more dramatic uh, than anything else but like in, in this case, with the Leafs, you know, having to face Boston at some point, but also inevitably Tampa Bay, it's like Lord of the Rings, but, you know, battling Sauron first, like getting to the eye yeah. of Sauron for everything else, you know, and then hopefully it'll be easier after that. But uh, yeah, it's just like the drama is like embedded into, you know, the Leafs themselves. It's just part of their history and their identity. And we as fans got to suffer who have no control whatsoever, right? Yeah. So.
0: yeah i mean as far as much as yelling at the tv i think it's going to make the players shoot the puck more accurately (laughs) sometimes i have to realize probably not but uh (laughs) but uh you know we have some uh we do have some boston we have a boston fan in the chat like being very gracious thank you brian robinson wow what a great game would love to see the playoff series with these, these two teams again of course you would like to see that series, Brian.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is poetic, right? Bob, like, is there a better redem- redemption arc than to face Boston after all this time?
2: I think it has to happen. You know, it's it like, you know, slaying the dragon finally uh, in order to get over that hump. Um, who knows who would come after that? But yeah, it has to be Boston poetically, as you say, Lauren, for sure.
1: Well, and, and you know, like you said, Lord of the Rings starting from, if you start from the Return of the King and just work backwards, <laughs> yeah. It it would it would be quite something to watch. Although it both ends up in Hobbiton, so it's all fine. But there you go. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that the redemption story has to go through Boston. I think if they if the Leafs won the Cup without facing Boston, it would almost it would almost be like that would be the next thing that every other non Leafs fan would hang to. Oh, well, you still have to beat Boston in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I think that if you t- face, like, Tampa and you get to the second round and then you face Boston, I mean, that's not fair. But as we've all come to experience, yeah. Leafs playoff hockey is never fair. None of the NFL And
0: we've seen, is. you know what, we've, we, we've seen teams slay their ultimate dragon before. Remember the Washington Capitals? They could never beat, beat. the Pens. The, the Pens were their bully. For the longest time and yep. then in 2018, they scored an overtime, they won. So it's it gives hope to the underdog the underdog leafs to, you know, hopefully follow their footsteps. Yeah, now yeah. I, I like to do something on every loss. I like to kind of try to find the find the positives. So that, that's what we're gonna do. So one positive Now he did have a tough he did, did allow a tough goal, but Matt Murray made a couple of absolute ten bell saves, including the first save where he just absolutely robbed Robbs. Brad Marchand. Yeah. Sweeter that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and he was the rat it- that didn't score tonight, right? Our rat did. But <laughs> <That's> they <laughs> scored. And Marchand Thanks. didn't, especially at the empty netter when Marchand actually brought it into the zone and was trying to pass to Bergeron. If Marchand scored, every single one on the perfection line would have scored. And it would have been the, of course they did, right? You get the empty netter because that's poetic. And, you know, as a writer, like, I'm sure that there's a part of you that appreciates that, but it must hurt so much more from a writer's perspective as well.
2: Well, yeah, you, you, you appreciate the bad guys too, right? When when you're crafting a story, you put a lot of, of energy into, you know, the antagonist and who you loathe. And at some point, you come to weirdly respect them. And, like, especially someone like Marshawn, at this point, yeah. he's just been such a consistent, pesky presence that it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, I, I I kind of respect you, dude. <laughs> <Despite> <laughs> you know,
0: Literally giving the devil his due. You're like, oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, he did say before the game, Marshan did give credit to the Leafs. He said that, you know, eventually this team is going to break through. They're too talented to break through. And I think all of us should kind of agree with that because this is like this. The Leafs are talented enough to match up with the Bruins. They have the talent to do that, in my opinion. What do you think?
2: Well, like they're they're the second best team in the league, you know. Uh here we are talking like they're the underdogs still, but yeah. like they, they they are stacked to the gills, you know. So it's it's gotta happen and you gotta just believe it at this point, you know. Year in and year out, I'm like, oh you know, keep my expectations low because you know they've blown it so many times. But I'm trying to change my tune this year and be like overly confident and optimistic almost <laughs> probably to an annoying degree to like my friends who are fans of other teams, <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, they're going to do it. They're going to break through and probably reach at least the conference finals, you know? So that's,
0: that's it. the only way to be at this point, because <laughs> exactly. you know we, at Leaf fans, we're, we, we, we are like myself included. We constantly expect the worst yep. all the time because we're never proven wrong. Like, it's always <laughs> like you keep like anytime. What in embarrassing a series, way like,
1: can we lose? What an yeah.
0: embarrassing way! And then the reason it's not like we're making this up in our head. I mean, we've seen it it. We've seen it on our TVs. We it, like it's embedded in our memories. Yeah. Uh, so I I think maybe going the other way and saying, you know, we are going to slay this dragon. We're going to go. We're going to pass the first round. We're going to beat Boston. That's the way to be, Wob. I I appreciate your, your optimism. I think Lee fans, we should all be like Wob. <laughs> and uh, another. Another positive, um, Austin Matthews is uh, still very good at scoring goals. Yeah. Who would have thunk, huh? (laughs) Who would have thunk?
2: Yeah, a couple games off, you know. Apparently sick, and uh, yeah, they they highlighted it on the broadcast when he did that sort of midair sort of bat out of the defensive zone, and then ended up home run. <laughs> yeah, then ended up scoring on the other side. So yeah, you can't, you gotta definitely um, just praise him regardless. Like, just so fortunate that we got him on our team for sure. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely, and you know, I think I think especially when we have people like that on our team. Especially when we haven't had anybody like that in so long, I think, I think it, I think it opens the door for new Leaf fans to come in. You know, he is a young guy. He is from a different place in the states, right, and somewhere that not a lot of players have been from, which is, you know, the Southwest. I mean, I know he was born in California, but you know, he grew up. You know, his mom is from Mexico, and he was he was raised partly in the Mexican culture. And I think that it's good that it's not just another like Ontario dude that's yeah. that's like doing this. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dave um, Connor McDavid is from like Thornhill, Ontario, right? From from Richmond Hill, and Newmarket area. Newmarket, New market, right? Yeah. Newmarket, and and he's captain of the Edmonton Oilers, and he's doing great. And it's it's nice to see some other people. You know, the game slowly opening up in mm-hmm. in, in very 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 small ways, um, mm-hmm. and and you know, hopefully hopefully that can continue. I mean. The last time the Leafs won the cup, George Armstrong was the was the captain of the team, and he was, yeah. you know, of a Ojibwe descent, right? So maybe that's what we need to get to get us back over yeah. the hump. Maybe that's what it takes.
2: And that's what everyone keeps saying. Like all, all the older guys, like my dad and and uncles and all them, they're like, oh yeah, I just need a nishnabe you know, captain again, or <laughs> or a coach or something like that, right? Absolutely. So know, those are fewer and farther between these days, but uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then uh, so another thing that I, another fun little wrinkle with this game was uh, having Wayne Simmons in the lineup, and uh, I I kind of forgot that Nick Felino played for the Boston Bruins, and yeah. him and Nick Felino had an actually amazing fight. Like yeah. none of them, it, it was a draw. And then I love at the end how he just pats him on him the head. On the He's head. like, it <laughs> yeah. was just it, it. almost felt like a staged fight in a sense. Like I've never seen two guys punch each other and then be like, ah, so right,
1: delicately. <laughs>
0: I love you, bud. I love you, man. But uh, And then they, they cut to Wayne Simmons', uh, Wayne Simmons this day. Mr. Simmons. Wayne Simmons' father looking quite dapper with his fedora and the, uh, the scarf in the arena. I quite, I quite like the look, for sure.
2: Yeah. And he's just kind of, like, taking it in. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before, you know. My son throwing
0: bombs, right? No
1: big deal. Yeah. Barely cracked a smile, right? Which, he won the fight. Come on.
0: <laughs> I always say, like, I remember when uh, the Leafs had a lot of those veterans, when they had Joe Thornton and... And Spezza and Simmons. They had the old, the grumpy old man line. And Mm -hmm. I was saying that if you could have, like, put a time machine and brought one of them from their primes to the Leafs, like, as good as Joe Thornton was and as good as Spezza was, man, man, prime Simmons on the Leafs would just be something to behold for Leaf fans. Yeah, I'm glad they still put him in the
2: lineup. Like, obviously, he's not as, you know, uh, up to speed as he was, even, like, compared to last year or the year before. But yeah. I don't know. He 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 brings, like, a certain spirit to the, the squad. And I think he's a fan favorite for sure. And every time he shows up, every time he's in the lineup, uh, we all enjoy it. So, hopefully, they find a way to keep using him throughout the rest of the season and make some playoff appearances, I hope, anyways.
1: I think that would be great. And and you're right, he does bring a different sort of spirit to the Leafs. They showed a statistic, I think, partway through the second, and the Leafs were actually leading the Bruins in hits, which is not something that has ever been expected in Leafs year? Yeah, past, weird, eh? right? Like, <laughs> i I thought that I thought that I was seeing things, but no, I took a picture of it, and it was the Leafs had I think like twenty hits, and the Bruins only had twelve or something. Which there's a lot of people that say if you if you're leading hits, then it means you don't have the puck, which was sort of true in this game, but normally they would be playing without the puck and not be throwing those hits, right? Yeah. So I think that I think that it is essential to have somebody like Wayne on the team, and even though. He hasn't scored a goal since April second. <laughs> and Pontius Holmberg wow. scored a week ago. And you know, on paper, maybe it's a better idea to put the the young guy in. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad thing to get Wayne in a game like against like tonight against a team like Boston, where you know there's gonna be lots of physicality, you know, even though Chara is long gone from the from the golden spoke B, you know, there's still the ghost of him that remains and Charlie McAvoy was, you know, his partner for a long time when he was a young guy and and he sort of continues that legacy on in the Bruins and it was nice to see the Leafs return that favorite tonight and not just be pushed around like they have earlier in this game. And I mm. think I think in the playoffs you're right, especially if they play against Tampa it regardless of who they face, they're gonna need somebody like Wayne Simmons and you it would be unfair to keep him out for the most, for half of the seeds, and only to be like, okay, Wayne, game one of the playoffs, here you go. You're ready to go crush some bones, right? Like, that's not setting <laughs> anybody up for success. So, mm-hmm. do you think they should maybe try and get more of that at the trade deadline?
2: Yeah, you think, you know, who, who else really is that physical in the lineup, though, right now? Um, they, they might need somebody else. Uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly who, but uh, that's always been, you know, we've dealt with that as fans, you know, the Leafs being perceived as soft and just not having, you know, that killer instinct or whatever else to to get beyond the first round. Um, so, you know, I don't think it had hurt, but uh, I don't know. Have you, either of you heard of anybody who may be targeted, you know, for, you know, a bigger body or anything
0: like that? I think I... I... I haven't heard much about, like, the grit being targeted this season. Normally, it's, like, this season's been more about, like, can they get more scoring, which is kind of, yeah. like, odd to think of this team needing more scoring. But I I personally am okay with, this like, the defense. And I, I think the grit – to me, the grit's got to have to come from the start players. Like, I don't think you yeah. can play a Wayne Simmons 20 minutes a game in the playoffs. He's not that guy anymore. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So you, – you, when you're talking grit, you're not going to go and get like a like a Fraser McLaren or Colton Orr type. I mean, that's a different type of grit, you're not, right? Going to
1: go get Nick Felino
0: Yeah. No. Well, yeah. you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster. Oh Lord, yeah. I'm surprised he did score tonight. Like that was on my that was on my bingo card. Was it? Sure. <laughs> did
1: you Did you put a Toonie bet down, Fuad? You should have put, a toony, put a toony bet down. <laughs> I didn't put a
0: Toonie bet down, but I should have, because that would just be like, wow, you, Like you, you know this as a fan, and we we. Have this, like, the, it's the best 90s sitcom running gag of anything in the league is this team giving up goals to these former players, yep. no matter how obscure or how little they played with the team. Yeah. It always happens like Nick Ritchie, McCann, yeah. yeah. Uh, McCann
1: didn't even play He's and he, legend, Jared McCann yeah.
0: <laughs> he didn't even play for the team. He was on the leaf, he was on the leafs like on paper contract for that long, yeah. But, uh Yeah, but to that point, I think... If you're gonna go anywhere, the grit's gotta come from your start players. Yeah. That's that's the only way. It's not gonna come from low line like guys in the fourth line. So Yeah, and
2: you are seeing it a bit at this point in the season. Like, you know, Nylander, not a huge guy, but he's he's pushing ahead and he's like winning those puck battles. And yeah, think about that overtime goal against St. Louis, like totally muscling Terasenko, right? And then scoring against Bennington. So like that's the kind of gritty play that I like to see. Uh and and yeah, Nylander's really stepping up in that sense.
1: Well, and, you know, Matthews was off the last two games, and I think that it really showed in the way that they played defensively, right? I think that they were used to the way he plays because especially the last two seasons, he's really upped his defensive game, and I mm-hmm. think that that was really evident in the last couple of games where he wasn't playing, and I think not only did they miss their scoring touch, I think they missed I think they missed his the defensive side of it too. So I think if you're – I don't know if I have a name like sitting in my brain – but I mm. think that if you're going to if you're going to go get somebody, I don't think it would be a bad idea to get somebody that is a left winger that can maybe go into that center slot if it has to go. Because, listen, guys, we've seen everybody. We've seen the William Nelander at center show. I don't want to subscribe to that channel, no. you know. No.
0: Cancel it. First season, the first yeah. season, it's, it's a Netflix show. Just cancel it after the first season like they always do. So, cancel let's... it after the pilot. <laughs> after the pilot, yeah. <laughs> same thing, like, and the same thing with the Riley-Timmons pairing. Yeah, I like both players individually, but the pairing? Just not uh, together. I think we saw the pilot. Let's not pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> no network deal after that pilot. That's no true. network deal there. So, but uh, Riley, I feel, and I, I, I wanted to kind of get your, your thoughts on this. I feel like Riley is kind of falling into the the dreaded space where Leaf fans have for you know high profile defensemen. You, yeah. You've seen this for yeah. many many years, going back to you know obviously Jake Gardner, going back to Brian McCabe, going back even Larry Murphy, go, like way before like before my time. So, I, like, what what do you think of this? Do you think like I mean, he is struggling right now? But like, do you think he can turn it around?
2: I think he can. Like, he's just too talented to not turn it around. He's he's too experienced to sort of just slump away for the rest of the regular season you know like obviously he missed a whole lot of time and they found a gear without him you know and they managed to yeah. really pick, especially defensively and that's probably got to be a little bit weird for him too coming back into the mix and knowing that they were on such a hot streak but uh yeah again he's a veteran and he's probably just got to get his gas tank back in in good condition and then you know figure out who his natural pairing is uh, with at this point you know because i heard on the broadcast he's had like six uh different partners since he's come back which is which is just oh. wild and like how can you establish any kind of footing right but like
0: 600 since he's been on the team forever yeah, like, exactly. they, they yeah. could never find the pairing for him right like yeah. going back like since he's been on the team since yeah. like 2012 2013 so um there was a long see-
1: time that ron hainsey was his best defensive partner
0: oh yeah that's right <laughs> times right no that was oh, rough. <laughs> then it was. Um, then yeah. Then we. But unlike. But we have a pairing. It seems with Sandin and Liljegren, though. Yeah. I I kind of like that these two guys have come up together. You know, they're of the same age. They were on the Marlies together. You know, growing as their top pair, and now like they look like the Leafs top. They look like actually the Leafs top pair this mm-hmm. season, which is kind of crazy and pretty promising for two guys that are in their early twenties. Yeah,
2: well, especially like Giordano probably won't be back next year, and uh, you know uh, Brody, who knows how much longer. Like, I don't know how how long his contract is for. But are oh, still yeah. signed, Bud? Yeah, but we need those those young guys for sure, and uh, yeah, they're a natural pairing, as you said.
0: Yeah. So, wow, I want to get to know a bit more about uh, yourself, and uh, you know your your time as a uh, your time as a fan. So, what was your kind of first memories watching the Toronto Maple Leafs?
2: <laughs> well th- i just want to say to Puad and lauren thanks a lot for this opportunity it's, it's super cool to join you guys and and i really like the uh the game over franchise that's been created you know oh, it's, thank you it's really fun to see all these uh shows coming up in each market uh but yeah my fandom really started um almost from the beginning like my dad was a huge fan uh growing up on the res uh we're mm. from wasoxing first nation which is near Perry sound Uh, And, you know, uh, interestingly enough, like when when I was growing up uh, in the 80s, uh, we didn't have any hydro or running water in our house. Right. So to to watch TV, uh, my dad would hook up a little black and white TV to a car battery. Wow. You tune the, the rabbit ears into CBC. Wow. So every Saturday we'd be watching the Leafs on this little black and white TV powered by a car battery. Right. So eventually we got hydro hooked up at our house when I was probably about eight or nine. Uh, and then the Leafs became a you know a regular viewing. Um, but this is the late 80s when there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about. Like Wendell <laughs> Clark was probably Wendell Clark for sure was was the, the bright spot, right? Like being a being a high draft pick and coming in as as sort of a phenom of sorts. Um, but then there were some dark times towards like 80, 80 to 990. Uh, but then the Gilmore years happened and that really just like solidified me as a fan for life, you know. Um, going to you know, two conference finals two years in a row um you know obviously the the high stick from gretzky and
0: the non-call like was
2: i wasn't
0: i wasn't even born i wasn't i was (laughs) not even born and And i i I I felt that
1: that's my earliest leafs memory (laughs)
0: Yeah. Felt I, it in moved, my soul. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like I, I was 13, I think, 13 or yeah. 14. And yeah, it was traumatic. But then I moved <laughs> to um I moved to Toronto in 98 to go to university. And 98 was a, another resurgent year. Like they started yeah. the totally hot. And that was their like they became perennial playoff a uh, perennial playoff team after that. So living in Toronto, going through that then was just like, you know, this is this is my team for life. And, yeah, you stick with them after that, right? Um, I've moved away from Toronto after that, obviously, and, you know, maintained my fandom regardless. And uh, being here in Sudbury now, which is, like, the home of George Armstrong and Eddie Mm Shaq and, you know, some other legendary connections, you know, like uh, Mike Foligno and so on, there's a really strong, like, Leaps Nation chapter here in Sudbury, too. So it feels like being at home for sure.
1: Well, and you actually wrote an essay a couple of years ago called The Paradox of Being a Leafs Fan. Yeah. And I actually read it this evening. And yeah. you, you you talk about all of those things. You bring up the memory of like your dad with the rabbit ears and the car battery. And, you know, it's as a Leafs fan for me, that obviously that grew up in a different situation than you did. Um, you know that it's it rightfully is is hard to read that that was something that you had to go through and and that that the Indigenous community while reparations are slowly a- attempting to be made by by a lot of the things there's still so far to go and and you know I I you say thank you for coming on or for us inviting you but I think we I want to Fuad and I both want to thank you for coming on oh and, absolutely and uh and talking about things that aren't necessarily always fun to talk about right like we've had a couple of people on that have broached a couple of different difficult subjects that aren't necessarily hockey but we're all hockey fans and yeah i think yeah. i think it's important that we that we try and narrow some of these gaps of understanding where you know a few years ago this wasn't something that was being really talked about and there wasn't a lot of reparations that had been made and there's still lots to still far to go but you know even even a couple of weeks ago at the uh at the Indigenous uh, Reconciliation Game, you know somebody that came, I think, from the same th- from the same background as you. Is that correct? Tyler is from the same tribe as you, I believe. Yeah, he's right?
2: he's actually my, he's my cousin. Actually. Oh, okay.
1: Well, oh, that makes sense. That. Go figure. Um, so there you go. You know,
0: it runs in the family. The fandom runs yeah, in the family. Absolutely,
1: sure. absolutely. But you know, things like that, it it, I'm, I, it makes me very happy to see that that other communities are getting the the spotlight rightfully now and hopefully that can continue and and grow and be stronger and be more of an everyday thing and not just you know a once a year game
2: oh yeah i totally agree with you you know um like it's something i grew up loving the game of hockey uh but also like when i was a kid like i i recognized my my distance from it at the same time you know being an outsider you know uh hearing racial slurs for for the first time on the ice and i think you know, when you consider the three of us, you know, we could be considered three people from so-called marginalized communities. Right. But we share this uh, same compassion for this game. Um, And, and in some ways, like we, we overcome a lot of those difficulties to create community and to celebrate each other and, you know, find this bond over this, uh, this game and this team that, you know, has let us down many times, (laughs) but uh, we find camaraderie amongst ourselves regardless. Right. So, like there's a beauty in that despite some of those difficulties and that you know needs to be celebrated for sure
0: yeah no, well i just wanted to get your thoughts too they uh what, like how did you like what was your kind of reaction when they had the kind of like an indigenous celebration night the trot for the toronto maple leafs like how did you
1: and what did you think of the jersey <laughs> obviously you yeah. have bias because your cousin designed it but... <laughs> yeah
0: yeah they yeah.
2: used just... Oh, I thought it was awesome. You know, that's something I could have never imagined happening when I was like a little kid, just, you know, becoming a Leafs fan. And really, that's something that's only happened within the last, you know, three, four, five years in yeah. other Canadian markets too, right? Like, in this era that's come to be known as reconciliation. Uh, so, it's really great, I think, that, you know, the the League and especially the Canadian franchises are, are recognizing the Indigenous communities in their cities and the contributions those communities make and so on, and, you know, really showcase the beauty of the art and the creativity, and I I think just the vibrancy of different indigenous cultures especially in a city like toronto it's really cool to see right uh so yeah the jersey was awesome i wanted to like get at least one of those t-shirts but like i clicked on the shop site gone and gone right <laughs> they away they had to right?
1: actually pull <laughs> the advertisement down because they sold out so quickly which okay, i can't true. believe that they didn't have the foresight to i don't know make more
0: yeah, exactly. yeah. so yeah
2: i, I haven't uh, dm'd my cousin yet to see if he <laughs> hook me up but uh
0: you got, you got to
1: <laughs> Let me know if you have any backdoor links to that because yeah, I would love sure. one of those too. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. So, and uh, you know, but, you know, before we get off, I, I kind of want to talk about some of your projects that you're working on. So, I know that you were a, uh, you know, a CBC mm. reporter or working for the CBC as a journalist, um, hosting up north, is it, I believe it's called. And uh, mm. you know, you you kind of stepped away from that to uh, work on your career as a novelist. Mm. Uh, you you release your book uh, under the Crusted uh, Moon. Moon of the Crescent Snow. Yeah, the crust- I'm down. so sorry. I, I <laughs> okay. completely. I'm so sorry, but um,
1: national bestseller. National of bestseller. The moon of the so, of I, snow.
0: what what inspired you to uh, become a novelist? Uh, I think it
2: it was really um, the storytelling culture that I grew up in, you know, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, I grew up with like without TV uh, and yeah. you know, without the Internet, obviously. So, you know, in our community, there was a lot of time we spent together um, learning about culture and learning about stories. And back in the 80s, that was kind of uh, kind of rare because, you know, it was it was a renaissance of sorts for us. It was a way for us to get back in touch with our culture after Obviously, residential schools and the Indian Act and so on, right? Yeah. um, so I grew up in a time when our community was really working hard to uh, reconnect with uh, storytelling, especially. So I had that uh, shown to me as, you know, a viable expression, you know, a creative outlet and so on. And I sort of carried that through the rest of my life. And I, I ended up going to university for journalism because I didn't know how to, you know, be a creative writer. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how to become a novelist, even though that was my dream. Um, so I ended up working for CBC mostly. Uh, but all the while I was doing this creative writing on the side, like as a hobby. And I was fortunate to be able to get a book published. Uh, my first one published about 12 years ago. You've and, and three, from there, I think, like, right?
1: Three, three books? Yeah, three,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you know, there, it wasn't uh, th- those first couple books weren't bestsellers at all, but you know the response was pretty good, and people were really encouraging for me to to keep it going. And uh, my last book, Moon of the Crested Snow, it, it ended up you know becoming a bestseller, and I sort of had to make the decision to step away from CBC in order to keep to keep writing. Right, so it was a tough decision at first, but it it, it worked out really well for me, fortunately. And uh, I'm working on the sequel to Moon of the Crested Snow right now. Uh, it's called yeah. Moon of Presenting Leaves, and it's going to be out in the fall through Penguin Random House. So, uh, yeah, so that's big, exciting development I got
0: coming up later in the year. There you go. Well, make sure everybody pre-orders that book wherever <laughs> you can get it. And uh, we're looking forward to it, and we we want to thank you again for coming on, Bob. Honestly, we, we wish it was a Leafs win, but um, we're <laughs> glad it was an exciting game with a lot of uh, different uh, storylines to talk about. So, uh, again, so happy to have you. And, um, yeah, we're good luck on your project. And, uh, we, uh, we hope to hear from you very soon. Thanks y'all for having me on. You know, this is super fun. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, so for myself, my name is Fuad Sullivan. You can find me on Twitter at Fuad underscore sports. Uh, Lauren? my name
1: is Lauren. You can call You can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the six. Wob, go ahead. Pump your new book, pump your, pump your Twitter handle. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find it. Sure.
0: You, have
2: the floor. you can find me on Twitter at Wab, that's at W-A-U-B. You can find me on Instagram at the same handle as well, at W-A-U-B. Uh, on Facebook, Wab Gizik Rice. And again, the new book is called Moon of the Turning Leaves. It'll be out in the fall. And Moon of the Crescent Snow is actually on the long list for CBC's Canada Reads this year. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens there.
1: Well, con- There you go. Congratulations again, and best of luck with the new book. And hopefully... Maybe if we have some playoff success, maybe we can have you on again later this oh, season. Oh, I love it. I
2: love it. Well, thank yeah, you again definitely. for
1: coming on tonight. Thank you, everybody, for watching Game Over Toronto. I am Lauren once again, Fuad, my co-host, and Wob for coming on tonight. Everybody have a great night. Stay warm. Take care, Leaf fans. We'll see you soon. Peace!
0: Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada
2: Sportsbook.